All right, guys, what is up? We're live. The 95th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. What do hot women date less than ideal men for? Essentially is what I'm talking about here. Less than ideal men, you know, more or less. Um, so I wanted to sort of hit this from the angle of, you know, first of all, um, overweight guys, because that seems to be one of the topics that people want to hear some answers on. But I've also been asked many times over the last year, Hey, Rich, what do you think about these disabled couples where there's one person in the relationship? It's usually the dude that's disabled and the uh, woman is not. She's uh, generally attractive. So I've got um, links to Squirmy and Grubs, which I've been asked about many, many times. So we'll dive into that as well, too. Um, we got Moff in the uh, green room. So if you guys have a, uh, a question for the Q&A segment, uh, he'll, he'll just make sure your audio is solid. Uh, we'll drop the link in the chat. You guys will be able to pop in and ask a question uh, at any time. Actually, here, I'll grab the link for you guys right now. So I'll pin it there. How's everybody doing? Where's everybody watching from tonight? Just let me know in the chat. You guys can hear me okay and all that sort of stuff. Call in and ask a question. A Q. Let's just go Q. Maybe StreamYard, boom. All right, so let's pin that up to the top on the YouTube live chat. And uh, guys, do me a solid. If you're watching elsewhere, let me grab the link here. Copy and paste all chat. That's the YouTube link. If you're watching on uh, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, whatever, do me a solid. Click that. Come over to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. I just got a notification from um, YouTube on my panel that we just passed the one-year mark on this uh, channel. Um, so 37,000 subs in one year ain't too bad. Um, channel's doing well. I'm happy with it. It's, uh, it's fun. And again, guys, if you're newer to the channel, this is just something that I'm building on top of from the original book, the Unplugged Alpha book I published a few years ago. Um, it first started out as the before the train wreck podcast. The book was written. I rebranded the podcast. It's basically the same sort of conversations and topics, uh, same format topic call-in segment and um i'm gonna keep doing this man for quite a while um there's a there's a revised version of the book getting updated coming out soon right over my desk here yeah got under my pile of bills i gotta take care of because that's my accounting job this week uh get it um there's gonna be a follow-up book release later on this year and um translations at the same time people are always asking me i saw in the chat earlier somebody was asking if you're gonna translate it in turkish in this language in that language yes uh, translations will be coming to in the future, uh, but not in the foreseeable, very close future. So stay tuned. Um, so let's get on the topic of why hot women date fat guys. And, you know, you've all seen, um, you know, the image, it looks something like this over here. I'll throw it up on the screen. Um, I had a blog that was sent to me, uh, as well, which sort of is relevant to this, uh, hot, hot gals dating fat guys. So you've all seen something like this, right? Where it's a fat older dude with a hot gal. It's very simply explained. Women prioritize resources in men, especially over a long-term basis. And men don't, you know, men prioritize beauty because when men look at women, they're looking at somebody that has hips that can childbear, that's beautiful, that's youthful, that's fertile, uh, you know, things like that. The optics of beauty are more important than success and wealth. Whereas for women, he's not carrying the child for nine months. Dudes don't do that. I know that we live in a new new age woke world where there's new narratives that are that are being sold, and they want people drunk on that Kool Aid and 
you guys can figure that out for yourselves. You know, hopefully you do. Shouldn't have to be explained to you, but you know, men are success objects. They always have been and they always will be. And that's just the way it happens to be. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So when it comes to hot women dating less than ideal men or guys that are viewed upon as less than ideal by, you know, the average Joe out there, it's, it's because they're loaded. You know, they're, they're the, they're the president of formula one. They're a CEO of, of something or other. They've got multiple boats and planes and stuff like this. I've actually got a video. Um, I had to watch the, um, edit the other day, uh, cause my editor just sent it over to me with a new thumbnail. So I, so I always watch them through before they get published <coughs> on the entrepreneurs and cars channel. And, uh, if you don't know, um, who Sadia Khan is, there's a clip that's going to be inserted into that one. She's this, uh, She's this Pakistani lady with an English accent that's been doing the podcast rounds. And there's a clip that, that she's been made f- famous for about talking about how uh, rich, wealthy guys get cheated on more than average dudes, which is also interesting. Um, and there's some dynamics that are missing um, in that. I mean, it, it's great to make the statement, but to fill in the holes and explain why it happens is what I tend to like doing. And you'll see that come out probably maybe tomorrow or on uh, like, let's just say Wednesday or Thursday this week, but you'll see it this week for sure. Um, explain in greater detail. So I want to move on to the more disabled sort of stuff. Um, so let me just pull this out of the screen, remove. Um, there's this, there's this dynamic, which I find interesting. And I first came across it myself personally. Um, I don't know. It was December of 2010. I think it was, let me just, I'm sort of scrolling down here on my Facebook photos because I have a image from the event. I was down in Costa Rica at this uh, gig and there's this guy, Sean Stevenson. I've talked about him before. Here he is. I've talked about him before. Uh, let me share that up on the screen. Stop screen and share. Is that it? There it is. So here, I'll just go blur your screen so you can see. So this dude over here. Um, I've had him on a podcast on my channel. Yes, that's me, younger fellow without a beard, of course. Um, I've had him on a podcast on my channel. He died a couple years ago. I think he um, he fell out of his chair or something, but either way, he made it to 40. He wasn't expected to live that long. He was about three feet tall. He got lots and lots of media coverage for what he did. He was a, he was a clinical psychologist and very well-spoken dude. And there's a picture of his girlfriend here somewhere. This Here it is. This is her over here, I think. She's not a big uh, chick, so she's not tall, but she's not a, I think what's classified as a midget. I think you have to be under like three three or four feet or something like that. She's probably about four foot eight. She wasn't a tall woman, um, but a pretty girl, right? And they were um, a couple, you know, and, you know, so, some people might have thought, well, that's unusual. You know, why does that happen? How did that happen sort of thing? And, um, you know, it just it just happened to happen. I think because the guy was so successful, uh, Sean Sean Stevenson, he had some degenerative bone disease that that would essentially his bones would break for no reason. He would sneeze, he would roll over the wrong way when he was sleeping, something like that. But you definitely have to go back to the Playing the Wind podcast I did with Sean. He's an amazing dude, has such great insight. It's one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever done. So just go to Entrepreneurs and Cars and put Entrepreneurs and Cars. Uh, Sean Stevenson, and it'll pop up. It's one of the last interviews he did before he had his accident and uh, passed. Uh, okay, so four foot eight and under apparently is considered a dwarf. So 
I think Mindy is just uh, is definitely under five foot, but she wasn't considered like she didn't have dwarfism like the uh, category of. Uh, let me put her up on the screen over here so you can get a closer look at Sean's ex because I think they got married too, if I'm not mistaken. So this is her over here, cute girl. Um, this is them together, I guess after um, you know they had gotten married. And some people might question, okay, well, you know, he's less than ideal or, you know, whatever it happened to be. Um, but they were very closely related. They were very closely, uh, closely aligned. Um, it was legit. Like when I saw them in person, and I'm stating this because I met them and I spent several days around them at that conference, it was legit. She looked up to him. Uh, she saw him as the best that she could do. And to be honest with you, um, I think it was three, three or four years ago now that he passed. It was definitely before 2019. It was definitely before the whole scamdemic thing. And she has, from what I can see on her social media, she hasn't replaced him. Okay. I don't see any other dude there. I don't see any other dating pictures, no new relationships or anything like that. It's just old pictures of her and him. Um, so she's a widow. So it can legit happen. Now, the Squirmy and Grubs one I found interesting. Now, if you don't know who Squirmy and Grubs is, I'll throw up the YouTube channel uh, here. Um, some people may not have heard of them. Been asked a lot about this 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 couple here. Um, he's disabled. I'm, I'm not sure what his issue is, uh, but he's a small guy. It's it's not Sean's uh, disease. He's he's um, he doesn't have broken bones. It doesn't look like. Uh, but she is objectively a very attractive woman. Their most recent videos are talking about doing IVF. Um, our final IVF results is this one. Uh, they do Q&A segments. Um, that's sort of like the podcast sort of version of their show. It doesn't look like they do vlogs anymore. It seemed like they, they were big about doing vlogs, but it's like back and forth stuff like this. So these are the most recent videos on the feed. You see them sitting down in these chairs with microphones just shooting the shit sort of thing and let me throw up their instagram so you can get a little more of a visual of their day-to-day -day lives uh present share screen her name's hannah and it looks like she's now married because she's taken on his last name his last name is burkaw and um this is her feet it's it's mostly them together right um with the exception of this one bikini picture over here where it's just her um but you know, like you can see, she's objectively a very attractive woman. So guys have been asking me questions like, why do you think this is going down? Like, what's going on here with the dynamic, Rich? You know, like, what's up? Um, I have questions about this one. Sean and Mindy, I didn't. It was obvious to me anyway that it was legit. And it seems obvious in hindsight since she's been widowed and she hasn't taken on a new guy in, a, in her life and she's continued sort of on his mission and whenever you see a video with her talking about it she fondly reminisces about him and obviously has a place in her heart for this guy this one honestly i don't know i really don't know the strange thing about the whole um situation here with uh, hannah burka and uh where shane's uh, gram here let me put that up as well so you can see that one so the strange thing about this one is this guy has managed to pull a hot chick. Like I said, you know, she she's objectively attractive as a woman would go. I don't think many guys would argue, be like, oh, she's gross. I think the vast majority of guys would just look at that and be like, she's pretty hot. Like if you saw her on a, a dating app, you'd probably swipe right. Right. Um, I don't know that 
guys in in a, in a condition like this would get the same reaction from you know from women on a dating app. But this this dude over here has managed to pull not one hot women, but three, from what I could find, uh, objectively attractive women, all very similar looking. Now, when you start sort of going through. Um, yeah, Moss in the chat, average friendship fit watcher. She's a four. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when you start going through some of the videos that you find online talking about this couple, they're not really, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, actually they're not, um, they're not found out in a positive light. It seems like most of the stuff that you see from other channels on them, it's like exposed scam, it's all a game. And then they start going through interviews, which is what typically happens on YouTube because now you have a public life and they can go through all your older videos and stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, he said this about this girlfriend and then this about this this girlfriend. And they said that they didn't do it for views or YouTube or the money, but here's a YouTube channel and talk of money prior to this conversation. So some things don't line up. If this is fake, this has got to be one of the biggest scams on YouTube right now on social media in that in that space if it's fake uh because they honest like if it's fake they're doing a really good job like they've gotten to the point where they've gotten married they've been making videos for years um they're going through ivf right now again you know this is the gal over here she's objectively what you would call very attractive right and she's you know like this is her job she pours a glass for herself and she you know she gives it to this guy over here um you know Awesome. You know, we're on a, looks like a flight somewhere. Um, you know, they're doing real well together, you know, as far as this squirmy grubs project and getting attention and uh, podcasts and views and interviews and all this. Look at all the shit they put on his buggy and she's okay. Well, that's a little bit interesting. Just, just watch for it at the end. The last video slide, she's skipping along with her bag and all of the shits on his buggy. Yeah. Okay, that, that starts to raise some questions. I mean, look, if you had to place a bet, most guys that would see something like this, you know, they would they would be like, okay, that's that's a game. You know, like they would they're they're probably the kind of people that would bet the farm and be like, let's see, you know, what happens when the truth is revealed. Because light is gonna disinfect everything over time. You know, one of the things I learned from lawyers, you know, dealing with lawsuits and anything in uh, business is they've always told me. The truth always has a way of revealing itself to you as time goes on. If, again, this is a scam and it's a, a play, it is one of the best ones I've ever seen. I honestly can't tell you the truth. It's it's very, very confusing. Um, was he wealthy when they met? Not as far as I could tell. Um, is he an alpha Chad? Probably not because they're using IVF to get pregnant. So that that would tell me that he's not you know, capable of that. I don't know. Maybe they have an open relationship sort of thing on her end and she goes and gets her needs met somewhere else and they have the whole YouTube show. I I don't know. It's 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 certainly very confusing. I would I would love for somebody that has answers, you know, to this to chime in because uh, you know, I I'm I'm 95 episodes into this podcast series and I did 100 episodes on before the train wreck and I'm genuinely stumped with this one. I'm genuinely stumped. I, I just don't, I don't have an answer. Um, very well played. Maybe they're happy. Maybe it's real. It's, it's, it's difficult. So, to, so to all those guys that have asked me over the last year or so, what's going on here, you know, what's your take on this? 
I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, bro. Uh, this this one baffles the mind. But you know, there, there's there's unusual patterns out there, and I tend to take things again. I take things with a grain of salt. I've obviously been red pilled. I spent time in the Mano Swamp. I've removed myself from that. I've spent time reading Evo Psych. I've spent time with psychologists. I did a podcast series for a long time with a psychologist. I rely on probably four different areas, right? Red pill, Evo Psych, psychologist, and observation. Those would be the four things that I use personally to sort of square away stuff that doesn't make sense to me. And this makes sense from none of those perspectives. It could be legit. It could be one of those, you know, like things that you would just call an anomaly and you just chalk it up and you'd be like, is what it is. But the vast majority of the time, this would not make sense. Women don't swipe right on dating apps on dudes that are generally in, in wheelchairs, right? She could have something going on in her life, which is why she selected him, you know, why she's decided to dive down this rabbit hole. I don't know. I don't know much about her past. There's a lot of videos speculating about a lot of nefarious behavior and conflicts and things that don't line up with their story and the storytelling because they've been making videos for years and they found conflicts and holes in the stories and there might be something there. But like I said, it, it could just be one of the biggest hoax ever. It's very, very difficult to assess it. But I mean, like I've always said, generally speaking, women want to look across and up at a guy and they want to be with the best they possibly can. This one baffles the minds of anybody that would follow that um, mindset or that belief. Because it violates it completely. It completely violates it. Um, but there are guys that have that have explicitly stated. I had a guy on my channel once, um, you know, years ago, and he was disabled in a wheelchair, he was overweight, and he had caregivers. And, you know, he was the kind of guy that was like serious about PUA sort of stuff and understanding game. And he he claimed that, you know, there was there was caregivers that would deal with him that he would be intimate with. To what extent? I don't know how they did it. I don't know. Um, but like, this is something that has happened more than once. Um, women do have fetishes. So I, so I will say that, like, I am aware that there are women, um, women that are attracted to guys in jail, the incarcerated hybristrophilia. Okay. There's women that like murderers, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, like, like big name murderers that end up in jail will get letters and letters of admiration and love letters from women that want to be with them legitimately like they fall in love with them and they send them letters in jails and if they can get con conjugal visits you know then they'll do it sort of thing they legit fall in love with these people um so there's that like that's an obsession that does exist it's real it's been well studied it's all over the internet there there's nothing that i found when i searched online for um let me just stop the screen over here on the other side um with women that have an obsession with fat guys, there's there's chubby chaser websites for guys chasing f like overweight women. There's dating apps for they just call them large people or real men. Um, you know where it's like big big gals and big guys to sort of match up. And you know, for being honest, it, it it's just matching up people that are more alike body wise. You know, if I can put it that way. Um, Women typically don't swipe right on guys that are overweight. There's no chubby chasing women for obese guys unless they're wealthy. There are chubby chasing guys that go for big gals, uh, but not the other way around. So there are those obsessions, right? Like they exist. I couldn't find anything for obsessions with disabled 
with the exception of prosthetics, which I found interesting. So there are some people that are obsessed with disabled people, but it's not in conditions like Sean Stevenson's or uh, this guy Shane. Uh, it's conditions where there's prosthetics involved. So prosthetic limbs, uh, crutches was another one, uh, but it didn't make any mention of being like sexually aroused or obsessed with, um, I don't know what you would call this, I guess severely you know, disabled. I'm guessing this guy needs 247 care, like to go to the bathroom to drink, like you saw him drinking from a glass that she was uh, holding for him, stuff like that. So it's, it's a very, very unusual uh, dynamic. It clearly exists, whether it's fake or not, I guess you know, we'll learn over time. Uh, but there are situations where, like with Sean Stevenson and Mindy, where it is real. But again, she's Mindy wasn't at, like Mindy isn't like this gal over here. Okay, uh, let me share screen again. Uh, Hannah, is it this one here? Okay, here. Like this is Hannah, right? Like this is this is totally different from Mindy. Okay, um, this gal is normal height. I think she's five foot seven or eight. Normal weight. Uh, was an athlete in school. Mindy's like four foot eight. She's 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 short, so she was closer to Sean's height. So. Like there's dating limitations for short women. Some people don't understand this, but as a, as guys get some experience with women, they start to set boundaries with the kind of women that they'll date. Um, guys my height generally don't date women under a certain height because how can I put this delicately? You bottom out. Let's just call it bottoming out. Okay. Like for me, the line in the sand's like under five foot four, basically, right? Women that are shorter than that, it just doesn't work. You know, plus she looks stupid walking down the street. Like I'm six foot two. There's this little thing walking beside me. It 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 generally doesn't work, right? If you want to kiss her, you're, you know, you're getting a sprain in your neck, bending down so much, and she's got to get up under. It, it, like it generally doesn't work. Okay, um, so guys tend to set boundaries in that at some point, if you know what I'm saying, right? And again, you know, Moff just wrote here in the chat, the exception does not disprove a rule. So. You know, because this relationship exists, it doesn't disprove the rule of hypergamy, right? It just, it's, you know, it's a carve out. Carve outs exist everywhere. And it, listen, if you want to know how legit fucked up humanity is, there's a book called A Billion Wicked Thoughts. Um, go read it. I listened to it on Audible several months ago. It's pretty messed up. Like the, like the kind of fetishes that human beings have in weird areas, like there's there's married men that legit have fetishes to have uh, certain age boys blow them and um, tranny like I'm not even going to get into it in the show with the details because it starts getting gross down a weird rabbit hole and shit. But if you want to see how weird human beings can be, um, it's it's based on engineers um, documenting the internet and search habits of human beings over a prolonged period of time. Um, and they just, they summarize it in the book. So if you want to see some fucked up shit, start there. Um, let me go to the chat guys. I'm going to open up for Q and a, um, I think we've beaten this, uh, less than ideal thing. Cause again, it, you know, exceptions don't disprove general rules They're, they just happen to be a small exception. Um, that's not how society works, generally speaking. It's not how women mate select, generally speaking. There's, you know, there's rules to these things that are generally followed. Um, do me solid. The link for the Q and A is in the YouTube. So if you want to call and ask a question, it's pinned up at the top. It says call in and ask a question. 
and it's a StreamYard link. Moff will make sure your audio is good. We'll switch to that in a second. Let me get these super chats real quick. Uh, Rich, I'd like your thoughts on this. How do you hide wealth when dealing with young women when you understand that they're attracted for what you have instead of building something genuine? That's a great question. You know, um, there was this TV show that I saw once. I think it was Millionaire Match or Millionaire Dating or something along that line. And there was this guy that ran a junk removal company. And the angle that he used when he was dating on that show was he didn't want to be taken advantage of because he was very successful. He had a business partner. Business partner had a relationship. He wanted the same thing. I want what he's got sort of thing. But he didn't want a woman to pick him for his wealth. So to try to remedy that, he went about it by going out on the dates by picking them up in one of his garbage trucks and pretending like he was an employee, uh, which to me is stupid. Um I don't know how old you are, Alex, but you look a little bit younger than me in your photograph there and your avatar. Um, when you get older, you don't look for ways to hide your wealth when dealing with women or younger women. I mean, you're saying you know specifically younger women. Bottom line, if you're if you're dating a younger woman, she's probably with you if you're successful and older and wealthy for those reasons. So why hide it? Like that's the legit reason why a younger, attractive, beautiful woman would want anything to do with a guy my age, for example, right? Because I'm successful. I do cool shit. I have cool friends. We do fun stuff. We drive fast cars. I got access to boats, planes, travel, all this kind of shit. Um, I don't think that hiding it is a good angle. I don't know why guys think that, you know, how do you hide your wealth from, from dealing with young women? She's not with you because you're an alpha chick. Like, trust me, a 22-year-old girl is going to get her guts rearranged better by a 22-year-old than a dude that's like 45, 50, 55, you know, generally speaking. He's younger, he's more, ver he's, he's held. One of the main reasons why, and I'm not saying that you can't as you get older, you can still do some serious damage, okay, trust me. Like, you know, as you age, like it, if you're dealing with the anti-aging shit that I talked about the other week, trust me, things will work fine for you. But bottom line is, it's just understood. You're a success object, you're older, you have things that you can invite her into that would be potentially fun, sort of stuff like that. Okay, he says he's 25, so you are younger. So, look, if you're 25, how old are you dating? 20, 19, hopefully not younger than that because shit starts getting weird maybe, right? So you're talking about a few years difference, right? You, you protect your wealth. You don't hide your wealth. So let's put it that way. You don't hide wealth. You protect it because picking her up in a nice car and showing her a good time that day, right? If if you're successful and you can pick her up a nice car, you go down to your boat, you're on the boat for the afternoon, doing some cool shit, you got drinks, you got food, stuff's going on, you got some cool people around. That's an experience. Women want experiences. They don't want to be bored, right? I've always said this. You can do anything to a chick except for bore her, okay? So entertain her. Don't hide your wealth. You protect your wealth. And you protect your wealth by doing things like not living with a chick, not getting married to a chick, not living in such a way that looks like marriage to the state. Um, we can deal with conversations about how to protect your wealth down the road. Book me for private one-on-one -on -one coaching. I mean, you know, if you've got money and you're successful, that's, that's my avatar. Like, that's what I deal with. Uh, but I don't think that you should hide it, display it, not... 
not in a bashful way. Like one of the things you see on social media, you see a lot of guys with new money and you can always spot the guys with new money. I'll tell you how you, so the guys with new money or that have figured out women, you know, for example, it's usually those two things, new money or new women. They brag about it all the time on social media. Oh, look at all these women. I've got three girlfriends. I date women, you know, 20 years younger than me, blah, blah. Okay. Look at my cars, my watches, everything like that. Yes, I have, you know, like pictures of, you know, my cars on social media. I get it. I'm a car guy, but I don't do it to flash it to get gals. Don't, it's not, not the reason why I'm doing it. And really, it's not something that I'm talking about daily. Like the guys that are obsessed with it, like new money, new, new cars, new women. It's like a daily thing for them. It's all they fucking do is chase tail and brag about shit. That's different. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to show it. You don't need to hide it. You need to protect it when you get to the point of protecting it. I hope that makes sense. And again, you know, you guys can call in. The uh, Q&A link is up there on StreamYard. Um, I'm going to run the ad reel in a bit and we'll switch over some calling questions. Let me just make sure I get all these super chats in here. Uh, 25. What does this guy say? Rich Cooper, is it true that you don't lose hair? It migrates to your body. <laughs> Um, no, you do lose hair, but yes, it, it, it tends to grow more on your body as you get older. I get these fucking hairs in my ears that I never had when I was younger. Um, you know, that are there that the barber, you know, he, he cleans up my beard. He's, you know, he's working on my eyebrows and my ears too sometimes. So, um, it is what it is. It's part of, it's part of becoming a seasoned gentleman. Let's just put it that way. Embrace it and enjoy it for fuck's sakes. Um, Call and links there. I'm going to run the ad reel and then we'll uh, take some uh, Q&A from you guys uh, tonight. Be back in uh, like a minute, a bit. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, all right. Um, I saw a comment here. I want to. Somebody was talking about Tristan taking chicks out in his Lada somewhere. Oh, there it is. Uh, does it take Lada? Yeah. So let me tell you something about cars that a lot of people don't understand. 
Um, Aladdin is an obvious piece of shit. Okay, like I don't know what the angle is with that. I'm sure he'll explain it at some point. But women don't know anything about cars. Um, they know brands. So, for example, let's use BMW as an example. Most women don't know the difference between like a $35,000 entry-level BMW, whatever that happens to be, a 2 Series or something like that, and a $200,000 BMW M8 convertible fully loaded. They just don't. Like, they don't know the difference aside from the BMW badge. If it has a BMW badge, it's a nice car. It's a BMW. Z Germans made it. It's good. But only guys know the difference between like an M car and the entry level 2 series. Like a guy will know the difference between an M2 and an entry level 2 series. When I'm at the gas station filling up my car, it's only guys that talk to me. There's no women that are like, oh my God, I love your BMW, whatever, your RS this or your fucking Porsche. They don't. They, they don't talk like that. It's not something that they're concerned with that, that they know any difference about. Um, there was this concept that was introduced to me about badge conscious posers. Um, and they, and they would say that, you know, guys that would buy convertible cars, for example, like an M3 convertible, like an E46 M3 convertible would be a badge conscious poser because it's not a true sports car. But in reality, I believe anyway, the real badge conscious posers are women. Because they will get their parents like, you know, you'll see this all the time with like well-to-do families and, you know, the cute, hot sort of like college girl. They'll get their parents to buy them a Mercedes or a BMW just because it's got that badge. They don't want the Nissan Altima. They don't want the Mini. They don't want any of those things. It's got to have one of the prestige badges. So the parents buy them the cheapest car that's on the lot with the badge on it. And they're happy, right? So you want to talk about posing in that sense? That's how it works. Um, drive a four. Okay. Interesting thing about the Ford F-150 is they've surveyed women and, um, you will not believe, well, you're going to know this because it's right up on the screen, but the vehicle that women voted as the most masculine and sexy is a black F Ford, sorry, F-150 pickup truck. So if you have an F-150 pickup truck, you know, you keep it in nice condition. It's nice. And you know, the interior that's plenty. Like, you know, to most women, that's that's the most masculine vehicle that you can drive. Get an F-150 Raptor if you want to look real badass. So, um, I'm not a pickup truck guy. That's not my thing yet. Maybe, you know, maybe one day. I have friends that are pickup truck guys, and I get it. Like, pickup trucks are kind of cool, but I just, they're fucking huge, man. They're impossible to park anywhere. Um, guys, Q&A. Click the link. I see a lot of questions here in the live chat, but... Um, like there's it's so difficult to answer some of these questions like i'm like i'm trying to open up the chat more to you guys but this is more of a call-in segment so it's better if you call in and ask the questions on the stuff you want or if you have a disagreement you know if, you, if there's something that i've said that you don't like call in and let's hear your solution I'm, I'm happy to have a little bit of a debate on it um first time best car for first time driver what is your buying guide okay i can take five minutes on that um it really depends on budget and what I would say to the average young guy, I wouldn't honestly motorcycle. If you live in a climate where you can drive a motorcycle for a good chunk of the year, motorcycle, they're fast, they're fuel efficient, chicks dig them. They encourage intimacy, uh, just by the very nature of how you ride. There's a fucking chapter in my book. Like I explained it all in the unplugged alpha. 
why every guy should own a motorcycle at some point in their life. You can like in most parts of the U.S., especially the southern states, you can probably get away with riding like just having a motorcycle. You wouldn't even need a car if you're a young guy. And don't let people. Oh, they're dangerous. You're gonna die. Do people die? Yes, people die all the time doing dumb shit. There's, there's people that are still dropping dead from the scamdemic taking the fucking vaccines and stuff like that. So everything in life has some risk associated to it. And risk is, see, it's, it's, it's parallel to the amount of reward you know, that you get out of it. Motorcycles are a lot of fun. They really are. And the reward that you get out of, out of learning how to ride one of these properly I'm telling you guys, it's like a modern day horse. It's like a, a steed. You go back a thousand years, a guy would fondly talk about his horse the same way that you see guys talk about their motorcycles at the cars and coffees or the late night runs. Um, my advice would be motorcycle. Whatever it is that you like. Do you like cruisers? Do you like sport bikes? Pick something. Do a little bit of research on it. Make sure you can get covered with insurance. Get the right safety equipment. Take the safety course so you learn how to ride it. Um, and that's it. And if you need a car, just buy some cheap piece of shit. Make the motorcycle your main ride. Like you, you want to go out and have fun with, with friends? Motorcycle. Awesome time. You want to go out on dates? Definitely motorcycle. Um, I rode bikes from, I think, 17 to about 30. Definitely my late teens till at least 30. And I still fucking like dream about them every day. Literally. You know, I'm on the auto trader all the time. My girlfriend's like, why do you keep looking at motorcycles? She's like, are you going to get one or what? Um, they're just that much fun. Like you never forget about them. I got my eyes on a couple things. So, you know, you guys will probably see me with something soon. Um, all right. So what do we have for uh, Q&A? I got Moff in the green room. It looks like, oh, no, he's he's talking to somebody. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you bring him in. He's, 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 you know, he's checking out the uh, audio and, and stuff to make sure guys are all lined up, got their, got their ducks lined up for stuff like that. I'll, I'll stick here to the chat for now. Uh, don't buy a used German car if you don't want to wrench. So what's wrong with wrenching? You know, it's, it's, it's a competency skill that men must have. You should know how to change a tire. You should know how to change spark plugs. You should know how to change oil. You should have these basic skills as a dude, right? Um, Used German cars are a lot of fun and they're generally way cheaper because they depreciate fast because even though the value goes down, the price of the parts still remains the same. It is what it is, right? Uh, That's exactly what I did when I turned 20. Instead of a cheap-ass small car, an inline four 650cc motorcycle in full black, don't regret it at all. Amen, brother. That's See, that's what I'm talking about, guys. I'm telling you, once you figure out motorcycles and... You, you know, you get your head wrapped around how much fun they are, how cheap they are to run, how much women love women love them, dude. I'm, I'm telling you. I used to go to parties in my late teens, and women were no trouble at all. I would have like guys' girlfriends want me like want me to take them out for rides, and they'd have their hands all over. Like, trust me, motorcycle. Uh, let's see what John's got for us here. John, what's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing, buddy? Good. What do you got for me tonight? So my question becomes, uh, I'm trying to get into a better room for networking purposes. Any advice on uh, trying the, to, um, like, I'm sorry, what's the goal? I'm trying, I basically do pest control work, right? So I'm trying to network with a good, you know, someone who can actually make a decision and spend money basically. Right. So I'm trying to find, you know, 
guys who are more executives, more upper class echelon kind of people. And I'm trying to leave the potheads and the other stuff behind, if you know what I mean. Okay, so you're looking for customers. Looking for customers, looking for friends, just trying to network and trying to get into a better room like with the smarter people. Because I realized one day, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm the smartest person here. I think it's time to leave this room now. Good. So where do you live? I live in uh, Toronto, actually. Okay, well, I've got a community that's got two tiers. Like, why don't you join one of those? I was actually planning on doing that next week. Yeah. Why not do it today? Oh, well, I got to wait till I get a paycheck. You want money, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is a question that pops up all the time. Like, how do I get in better rooms? Like, I'm the smartest guy in the room. How do I get out of this room? It's like, okay, well, you can you can sort of find hobbies and pastimes that you like that put you in a better rooms. Like, I've talked about cars, you know, before as a way to do it. Of course, I'm a petrol head, so I always go back to this. So it's like there's a ladder, like there's a sequence of, of, of cars that, that people generally move to. Like they'll move through the smaller sort of like hot hatches, like the golfs. When I was a kid, it was like, you know, Suzuki Swift, you know, stuff like that, you know, the GTIs. Yeah. And you move into some of the faster American cars with the V8s. I had a Camaro. I had friends with Mustangs. And then you'd move into some of the German cars, like the Audi S4s, the BMWs. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Then you might move into Porsches and you might move into exotics. And it's like, in, in every one of those rooms, like there's some overlap. So if you go to the, uh, so there's a club in Toronto here, John. It's called the Flat Six Club. Yeah, um, it's off, uh, it's in uh, uh, near Vaughn, if I remember correctly. Exactly. Did you go to the grand opening last week? I, I, I actually did not make it to the grand opening. I had uh, a family emergency I had to go deal with. Someone ended up in the hospital, unfortunately. So. Got it. Okay. So, so in a club like that and in the other supercar clubs, the minimum entry point would have to be some kind of sports car. And I think the owner would basically say it's got to be an Audi RS, uh, AMG Mercedes product or a BMW M product or like a Porsche Boxster. You can yeah. buy a Porsche Boxster for 35 grand now, right? You can buy one of those, get into the club, and all of a sudden now you're sitting in a room where there's guys in there that have like 15 supercars, $500,000 new fucking McLarens. Like, you see what I'm saying, right? Like, now you have an opportunity to sit in a room with other guys that are like that, right? Yeah, because that's, that's the goal right now is to get out of the room that I'm in because I'm just like, I can't deal with the potheads anymore. Like, ah. Right. And hey, listen, you know, there's guys up at the higher tiers that are still potheads, but they're potheads with, you know, 15 supercars, right? Like, like, there's, <laughs> people, like there's people that get basically, you know, stuck at a level playing video games, smoking pot. And there's also guys at higher levels that are into that stuff, too, but they're still successful because they figure out how to move away from that stuff. So, um, yeah, like you can buy your way into better rooms. I think your first suggestion was probably the best way to go is join your club. Are join your uh, join the, your uh, community. Join my community. There's the ten percent, which is a starting point. There's a lot of good guys in that. There's also the one percent. We have a we have a Toronto chat. We do meetups on a regular basis. I mean, you'll see me around stuff like that. If you want to get in rooms like that, then that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do, brother. You take care of yourself. Okay, John. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right, we got uh, Supreme Emperor. And guys, guys, again, the Q and A link is pinned up at the top of the live uh, chat on YouTube. So if you have a question. Or a disagreement, something you want to, you know, challenge me on. It's fine. You know, let's chop it up. Um, we got Supreme Kizza. What's up, man? Uh, what's up, Rich? How you doing? Round two. Good. Round two. Uh, anyway, my question to you, Rich, slightly off topic, but how was your Porsche that you recently purchased? The Turbo S. Um, yes. I like it. A lot of people have asked me if um, how I like it compared to the McLaren. Um, I've put some thought into it and I probably have to make a video talking about it while I'm in the car because I've got a few notes, but it's, it's not a McLaren. It doesn't replace it. 
it doesn't make me want to trade in for a McLaren, but I will get another McLaren in the future if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're just slightly different cars. Although Porsche is more of a, uh, a f one product that's been constantly refined for nearly fifty years, was McLaren that's a bit more bespoke. Exactly. Yeah, you know the first the first mass produced McLaren was the twelve C, which was twenty twelve, I think. And yeah, it was about twenty twelve. Yeah, nine elevens. They've been building for decades now. I don't even know when the first one was built. I get why I people like them. Yeah, I think it was sixty four. If memory serves. Yeah, like I get why people like Porsches. Now I understand they're not supercars. Um, they're better than BMW, Audi, and Mercedes for sure, but they're not supercars. I mean, they call them everyday supercars. There's nothing exotic about them. Um, no, it's, it's too common, which is it's too common. Well, yeah, and it's, a, it's a drop. And a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar Turbo S looks exactly the same as a Carrera. Yeah, minus a few like wings and that. But to to be fair to the average person, they don't really. Yeah, but first you can't us. tell. It's only like Porsche guys I know. Oh, even me, like I'm perhaps the biggest gearhead you'll ever come across. Like I'm that nerdy, I could tell the difference between a Carrera two and a Carrera four. Yeah, just by looking I, at the rear end. I still, I still am not there, and I'm still at the point where I call <laughs> it a fast beetle. Like I, like I still make fun of <laughs> yeah. the car, but. I'm going to take it on a rally uh, next week. Actually, I think it's in nine or 10 days or something like that. We're going down to the States. Um, That'd be good. So time. I'll let you guys know what that's like uh, then. We're actually contemplating starting up a new podcast uh, for the Flat Six Club, talking about cars only on that. So that might be coming in the near future. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Because um, I, I will say one thing that really does grind my gears is when people believe, especially with BMWs, is anything with an M badge is automatically an M BMW. It's like, no, 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 no. There's M Sport. There's people that put M badges on BMWs to pretend they're M cars. Yeah. No, no, no. An M car is very distinctly dis different to a standard so-called model of the line. Yeah. I mean, I've had I've had about four different M cars, so, so I'm totally with you on that. Like 80% of the car is completely different than a regular car. Like an M3 <laughs> is about 80% different than a 3 fucking 20 or whatever they are. Oh, I know for sure because, like, um, I could tell you all the most of the uh, engine codes for the cars in question. Like the E46, I know is an S54 straight six. Correct. Which is which is construction's completely different. Prime, yeah. Another prime example is the um, the S70 V12 that you find in the older 850 or the old seven series. Although, yeah. So the, the so the so the S code, my friend, designates a motorsport engine on all on all the BMWs. Exactly. Whereas, like. The S70, yeah, sure, it is the V12 engine. However, people like to say, oh, but that engine was the basis of the McLaren F1. Yeah, yeah about that. It's the only thing they basically share... basically the block. <laughs> yeah, it's just a block, but even then, there were changes to it, yeah. which is what a lot of people don't understand. And even you know Gordon Murray... You know, it's interesting because I've, because I've got an RS5 now. So I've got an S5, an Ooh. RS5, and a Turbo S. Um, and the thing I've noticed about the RS products from Audi is they're not as good as the M products from BMW. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. The BMW M products are unique to the M lineup. They're motorsport only. The engine is unique to the motorsport lineup. The RS5 that I have, it's a 2.9 twin turbo V6. I just tuned it, by the way. So I put downpipes, uh, intercooler, um, intake on it, and software. So it's got about 585 horse dyno. Mm -hmm. And it's the same 2.9 twin turbo V6 that they put in almost all regular Audi products and some Porsche products, like their regular line cars. So at like Audi's not quite where BMW's at, in my opinion. Like I think I think no. BMW makes a better motor motorsport product than Audi does. Oh definitely. Cause like um what people don't seem to understand is Audi, well really 
the quattro is perhaps the biggest definer is that before the quattro it was just considered an alternative vw like german car that was a bit on the cheaper side yeah but a bit more rugged until the quattro came along and it gave a bit of credibility to the sportiness of audi yeah. then he had like the stuff in him so throughout the late 80s early 90s and then they went quiet for a bit and then they started to build up their rs brand again with the Le Mans success they had with the R8, the R10s, the R15s, and so on and so forth. But I, BMW itself, the thing is, is that what people forget is BMW didn't start off as an automotive manufacturer. It started out as an engine manufacturer mm. for planes. Yeah. That's the major difference. For Warbridge, yeah. World War One to be, well, at the end of World War One to be exact, and that's why they're distinctly different. Although one thing that does kind of make me laugh with the whole supercar stuff is that these days Ferraris and Lamborghinis are way too mass produced because they used to be very exclusive. Lambos are, like, yeah. I don't know about Ferraris, yeah. but I would say Lamborghinis, especially the Huracan lineups. Yeah, very, very, the, very, yeah. Very, very common. Like when I do rallies, Huracans are everywhere. Yeah, because um, what's funny is that, yeah, especially with the Huracan, it's so mass produced. It's like Huracans and 911s are everywhere. Yeah, whereas like. When Which I is think, why I got the 911 because I wanted to blend in. Like I don't want to stand out with a McLaren. I don't want. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't want cops come come looking for me. I want them looking for the bright orange Lambo. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I would say if you want, uh, I mean, if you have the kind of money to splash, if you want proper Italian exotic, go Pagani. That's yeah, oh now now you're speaking my language because now you're yeah, getting exactly. into the new one like that Utopia, which is just sexy as fucking hell. Yeah, have you seen I mean. That? Oh, I have seen it. Yeah, like I still have a massive soft spot for the Zonda. Yeah, because cool car. That thing may be twenty years old, but it still looks a hell of a lot better than a lot of modern cars. And Horatio Bugani. What do you think of Singer? Not... Oh, Singer! I will say they are perhaps the epitome of resto mods with mm. what they've done with the nine eleven. Although mm. I do know the newest one. They got a lot of help with Williams uh, Formula One racing with their mm. flat six engine they've been building. Mm. Yeah, which is and great. It, it is crazy. I do love how they basically try and take all the best bits of the 911, but in the old school shape. Yeah, no, it's a no, beautiful car. Um, yeah. What do you drive, Keza? Uh, drive, um, I did have an IS200 as a first car, but then uh, me being a naughty boy, I lost my license. What the hell did you do? Um, basically, to. Long story short, I was giving a help a friend a lift because I helped him grab some parts, and basically some absolute idiot in a Chelsea tractor, as we call him over here, BMW X5, almost crashed into me. Mm. And I was so enraged, I chased after him to the next village, and I ended up and the, and the cop caught me do, going well above the speed limit. Well, that's not a not a good payoff. That's not a good ROI. Remember how I talked about yeah. managing your fucks and your. Yeah, I was emotions. I was I was eighteen Lesson years old learned. at the time. Yeah, yeah I was eighteen learned. years old. I was eighteen years old at the time, and like, yeah, I did have a bit of road rage, but um, you know, I've learned my lesson now. And uh, what do you think you of know, motorcycles as a as a first vehicle for guys? Uh, I would Being I would say that you are. I would say with motorcycles, if when it comes to the first one, um, I'm not as knowledgeable of bikes compared to cars, but I would generally recommend like any of the CBR Honda lines because mm. they're very reliable, very user-friendly. And also if you want to have a bit of fun, they do allow that, but like, they're not like what I'd like to call the devil bikes, like the Ducatis. Cause mm. those, you want to be very careful with a Ducati. It's a bit like if I were to compare it to women, they're a bit like that. Um, 
woman who's uh, definitely crazy, but like they have, but they kind of hidden it. And the problem is with Ducati, low revs, they sound like crap. Mm-hmm. High revs, they sound amazing. But that's why they're nicknamed the Devil's Bike because mm-hmm. they will get you into very big trouble. Yeah, I would, I would call him a bitchy ten. That's what I used to call my McLaren, a bitchy ten. <laughs> well, I mean. I have been trying to get to the working factory of McLaren to do a tour there, but it's just been a nightmare with work, working Mm. in the automotive industry. But uh, I've been to the all sports show numerous times. Haven't been the last few years. You're lucky, man. You got a lot of, of, of automotive uh, icons in the UK. I've done the Austin Martin turn. I haven't done the McLaren tour yet though, but the Austin Martin was very nice. Well, the the McLaren factory is quite unique because of it's like newer. it looks like a spaceship. It looks like yeah. a spaceship from the from from above. Yeah. But I do, and also I live right in the middle of Motorsport Valley. Nice. So like within a fifty mile radius, I've got Red Bull Racing, Williams, McLaren. Uh, who else is there? I'm struggling with. You know, loads of Motorsport companies. Hell, Pro Drive. I've been to the Pro Drive factory twice, mm-hmm. and they're like ten miles from where I live. And you got the boutique well, companies like Ariel out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it is great. And um, what's also quite funny, Rich, you're going to laugh at this, is that um, I only found out uh, what made me mild was when I last went to the Pro Drive factory, I did ask cheekingly when we was on tour because I was at college at the time, could we get a sneak peek of the mini of the mini Countryman uh, rally car that they were building at the time? Mm-hmm. And they straight up told us, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. All the press, all the big press companies like autocar and that wanted to look and they said we said no to them so we're not going to say yes to you because if we had because if i managed to get no harm in asking man you never you know you never get anything unless you ask right oh yeah yeah but the pro drive factory was cool because like they had a a display of all their successful race cars there they had like the honda barf1 car they had the aston martins there they had the old uh, 550 gts which we got to sit in that was cool um the old super rally cars and all that It, it was crazy fun but yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. um yeah, I'll give you guys a bit more of a full breakdown when I get back from the rally and the Turbo West. I'll let you know what my thoughts are on it. I mean, so far initially I do like it. I'm not in love with it like I was with the McLaren just yet, but that might change. It might be one of those things that grows on you the more you drive it. I've got a couple of friends that have that that have McLarens and Porsches and I've been asking them over the last year and they're like the Porsche is a great car. It's got incredible grip. It feels more planted than the McLaren, which I find odd because I've driven the McLaren at, at 10 tenths and I've never driven a car that feels that glued to the road. So, I'll give you guys some 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 better feedback once I've driven it like 3000 kilometers on this next rally. Yeah, I think people give that feeling with Porsches because of the way the engine is mounted in the back. You just have that natural plantedness and traction. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's definitely something which a lot of people don't seem to understand. Yeah. Which, um, but yeah, um, uh, what else is there? Uh, perhaps I think people get a little bored with all the car chat, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on from the car chat, man. Yeah, Thanks I, for popping in. I, I, I would say, these supers. I, mm-hmm. I would say, Richard, before you go, would you be down for just an all out car stream? So maybe on like car show, yeah, like just talking about cars in general. I, I think we're going to start up a separate podcast, uh, for the Flat Six Club and actually film it in the Flat Six Club. And just talk about cars only there. So stand by for the official announcement soon. Okay. Yeah. Sure thing. No worries. And thank you. Thank you for having me on again. All right, brother. See you later. You take care. Yeah. All right. Let me get these super chats. Uh, Dung Dung's is fun. (laughs) Uh, I would change my own oil brakes and transmission fluid for every vehicle I own, but I prefer peasants to do that work. Yeah. You know what? Um, 
I can do all that stuff. I did a, a shop class in high school. I really like uh, like I really like working with my hands on stuff. But the reality of the matter is, is it's not scalable, and you're always limiting yourself to exchanging a block of time for a block of money for that time. So you're never going to develop like huge wealth with it. I mean, there's still times where it's like, you know what? I'll swap out the summer tires for the winter tires. Like I'll like I'll throw on the the suit, not, not the suit. It's a overall suit that I have basically jack up the car, pop off the wheels, you know, stick on the, the summers. Like I still do stuff like that from time to time just because I just do, man. It's like a skill that guys have to have, right? Uh, there was another superhero I got to grab real quick before I take the next call in. And again, guys, the call in link is at the top. Uh, KDM. Uh, I get the sense that you're not a spectator sport man, but I do think F1 Vegas or Miami is worth a look. I'm not a, I don't like watching other people chase excellence. It's funny. Um, quick story. I, I got an email, I don't know, about a month ago from the assistant of a major league baseball player. I'm not going to mention his name because he might be coming out to a, um, event that I'm scheduling and I don't want to blow the cover. Um, I never watched baseball. I didn't know his name. He was a fan of my shit and he was like, yeah, I'm in town or sorry, my, um, my boss, I'll just call my boss. His you know, assistant basically said, yeah, he's going to be in town accepting an award and he'd like to meet you. And I was like, I didn't even know who this guy is. I had to Google his name. Okay, he's a professional baseball player. I'm not the kind of guy that watches sports. I don't like watching other men chase excellence. I like to do it myself, interact with people as we're doing it, be at events, you know, tied in it sort of thing. The one exception that I do make from time to time is I'll watch Formula One racing, but I'll do it with a group of people. Right. So, you know, we're shooting the shit and it might be a good race. There might be something to check out there, but but it's more of a social event. Um, not my thing big time to go to these sorts of things. Like I know people do the circuit. They'll go to Monaco, they'll go to whatever and they'll just, you know, fly around and they'll check them all out. It's OK. You know, um, got Wahlberger in the house. Let's see what Wahlberger's got for us tonight. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rich, how are you? Good, man. What's crack lacking? Hey, uh, had a great Canada Day weekend, so that was good. Happy, happy Canada. Canada Day. Happy July 4th tomorrow for the Americans. You betcha. You bet. Just wanted to call in and get your thoughts on AI. Uh, being in the world that I'm in, it's uh, really kind of penetrating things pretty quickly here. So um, just wanted to get your thoughts. So the extent of experience I have with AI is I is I use a plug-in on uh, YouTube. Um it's on my other computer, so I can't remember what it's called right now, but there's a plugin that basically will AI suggest titles, AI suggest tags, stuff like that. Like it's like it's an AI engine. And then there's also with the plugin, like it'll tell me why that why a certain video did well, why a certain video sucked, how it how it hooked viewers in the few, first few seconds, like you push a button and it watches the video and it spits out the data. I think it's pretty cool. Um I don't know that it's at the point yet where it's going to replace human beings. I mean, it's getting there. Um, I haven't used it for anything intense. Like the guy that's editing my book, um, he took my, he just took a paragraph, you know, for example, and he ran it through the AI and he had it read it. So there was a actual narration that is going to take up, take over the jobs of narrators now because it is so fucking good. It is indistinguishable from a human. Now that's how good it is. Yeah. Like, reads it with tone with tonality with emphasis um you know with character 
it's it's really that good now at that stage. So there's so there's certain things where I think it's 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 definitely going to be very useful, but it's got a ways to go in other areas. What do you do with AI? Like, what's your experience with it? Well, what's happening now is having uh, meetings with clients, and so we'll have something on uh, on um, uh, our video meet or what have you, and we'll uh, have that go into text. So it'll we'll have that narration or that text. Take it put it into AI and it will actually create a project summary of what we should do from that particular meeting that we had. Mm -hmm. So it's quite incredible that that will, and what I'm about is, is creating operations procedures for various companies. Mm -hmm. Conversations that we're having are quite complex. There's a lot to do with uh, oil and gas and procedures there um, and uh, variable equipment. And so it's taking that in, but provide uh, a project uh an option of what the go forward is so that's that's a lot man that's a lot the prop see the see the problem with ai that i see coming and it's already starting to happen there was um there was a clip somewhere that ended up on i think tiktok or instagram and it was joe rogan's voice but it wasn't joe rogan and he was talking talking about something like, um, you know, if you drive a muscle car, there's a much higher percentage that you're gay and he's doing it in the exact like Joe Rogan yeah. tonality, but, it, sure. but, but he never said it. Right. right. So you're going to see, um, public figures where there's going to be nefarious players, which are going to like, somebody could take my voice, you know, for example, and they could make up shit that I'd never say that would make me look bad. And put it out like, you know, I had a phone call or I had a conversation. It's like the whole Donald Trump, you know, grab her by the pussy, you know, sort of thing. Like they could they could make up, you know, conversations like that that you never actually have. And I don't know that you'd be able to defend them. Like, how do you like how do you stop that? Like, how do you protect yourself from that? Like, how do you own the rights to your voice and your tonality? Like if, if anybody can rip it off. So it is going to be problematic for some people. Like you're going to see people use it for nefarious reasons. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, like people, you know, question that are on trial for like, you know, Andrew Tate, for example, like what, what would happen if somebody took his voice? Cause he's got so many clips out there. He's, he's talked so much on podcasts. They could take his voice and say, Oh yeah, I did this, that, and the uh, other thing to the girl. And I choked her or did, you know, whatever, like they can make up shit and then just spell it out and boom, you know, you're in jail for something like that. You'd, you know, how do you prove that to be an an un, an unoriginal source? Right. Well, there like, is courts hey. are going to have to redefine how they evaluate evidence now. Right. Well, there is a, a deep fake of a famous YouTuber where I don't know her name, but uh, they actually did a sex tape with her. Not her, but they put her face on a body and it's mm -hmm. indistinguishable and it's uh, destroyed her life there. And then, um, and so that's a wild situation. So she's trying to find the source of it and go after them uh, with uh, all the resources that she has. Yeah. And that's, no, uh, yeah, it's going to be a serious thing, man. It's, yeah. it's and for the, real. The writer's strike. So now <laughs> in their negotiating, the studios are saying that the writers, when they do um, their writing, they're not allowed to utilize AI. That's what they're negotiating. Uh, but the studios, no doubt, are using AI. So, sure, 100%. Yeah, so it's it's going to be an interesting Well, I, I think it's very much like um, what's happened with automating tills, for example, in, in shopping marts and such. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you the difference in people. Um, that automation is definitely 
reduced. So if you go to any any shopping mart, you see now the auto tills are 75% of what used to be 100% human man tills. Yeah. That's so that's taken away the the blue collar situation. I think the white collar is is going to be hit too. I've told the people that I work with that I think we've got about a five-year window until we're going to see some serious hits to what we do. There'll be there'll be a UBI protocol unrolled. There's um, there's a McDonald's I think in Texas they announced this about a year ago that's fully automated. So everything that's made there, like you basically order it on an app, you drive through, you pick it up in a window. Robots make everything at this one location. So they're so they're testing it to see if they can lower their cost of operation because because like let's be honest like all this push for minimum wage fifteen dollars twenty dollars eighteen dollars like all this shit like you can't afford to make a fucking hamburger for six bucks if you're paying somebody 18 bucks to flip a patty but if you have a robot on there that never breaks down that doesn't go on strike that works 247 that you just plug into the wall and all it needs a little bit of electricity maybe some fucking maintenance well good you see where this is going the other day and the uh the waiter well someone took their order but a robot delivered the food yeah <laughs> and you probably have to tip the robot they, they probably when you pay my absolute favorite is when you go to the fucking counter you go to the very counter and the cash register and then you fucking put in your order and then it wants you to tip the fucking machine like, <laughs> you're, like, well, like, well what the hell man exactly that's but this is where we are. It is it is an interesting evolution. It's uh, it's going to be like I think uh, five years, and we're going to see some serious impact. Right? We'll see where it goes, my friend. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Take care. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Yeah, it's, sorry. It's it's vidIQ as a plugin. Um, yeah, if you're if you're doing YouTube or you're serious about it, you should definitely get the vidIQ. Um, even the free one's pretty pretty useful, but the paid version has a lot more features to it. Um, BMW Dave, run off into the weeds. Talk about ugly dudes and hot chicks. Talk about wrenching and wrenching channels. Yeah, guys, you know, the Q and A segment is whatever you guys want to ask about, man. I'll you know. I'll talk about whatever you guys want. You got a question, you got a disagreement, bring it. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And, you know, like I said, we're working on this little project on the side that should launch soon. So, you know, if you follow me on social media, then you'll then you'll hear about the kickoff for that soon. Um, let me grab him off, make sure he's... Uh, buddy, what's up, man? You still... Uh, what's up, man? You still in the green room talking shit or we're good? We're through all the Q&A. Yeah, we uh, we don't have anybody waiting right now. Um, all right, sweet. Can take guys if they want to, but they're good. Right yeah, now. yeah. No, I'm good, man. I'll wrap it up. I'm gonna get some Z's. It's gonna be hot as shit here tomorrow, so I'm gonna go on the water and hop on the boat um, and just chill out. So I'll be up early for that. But uh, right yeah, on. thanks for taking care of the green rooms and the Collins. Um, what was your thought, by the way, on the whole um, like you know disabled couple thing there? Because that's because that's a real mystery yeah. uh, to me. I'm just as perplexed as you are. I think for me, I mean the attention somebody said in the comments like she's getting the attention she's getting the money mm -hmm. from social media i mean i said from the beginning since you shared i was like she's probably allowed to step out on him if i had to guess yeah she's allowed to step out you know and go out with other dudes or i mean i, I don't know or at least but I mean, like you wouldn't be able I'd to get away with that as a public figure for very long because somebody would true. see her out in public take a picture and be like yo this is what's going on here busted exposed 
I guess. I mean, I didn't hear about them until today. So, mm. I mean, I know they got a little over a million subscribers, but um, I don't know how where they are. And yeah, how, I think it's just one of those exceptions to the rule, man. It, it very well could be. I mean, you know, it's some women. I mean, women still have the natural inclination to be caretakers and be nurturers. Um, yeah. You just kind of have to wonder where the other needs are uh, being met. But I mean, there's exceptions everywhere. We hear this, you know, yeah. we talk about you know, women generally want guys that have money and have status and are good looking or tall or strong. And then always like, there is oh, an well, element I, of the attention and the money that placates some of that hypergamous need for her. To. I think um, it does now for sure, because with over a million subs and the podcasts and the shows that they do and the social media and the traveling that you see everywhere, they're making bank like they're probably making at least 100, 150 G's a month doing what they're doing. Well, and all the content is about him and his disability and the way that it affects their relationship. That's why people go to watch go it because they go to life. see the relationship, right? Well, that's the thing. But if she were to venture out on her own, he's the ticket. Like, what does mm -hmm. she have to say? She has I mean anything particularly interesting. She's sort of tethered onto him as look at this, you know, I shouldn't say this because, but it's like, look at this, uh, I don't know. Circus act certainly isn't the right term, but it's mm. look at this sort of, oh, wow, sort of shock factor um, kind of deal. Uh, so it, it's just a way, you know, otherwise, would she get eyeballs? I mean, she's a decent looking woman, like I said, objectively attractive. Um, but is she 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube attractive by herself? No. So yeah. I, I definitely think the money and the attention has to do with something. Um don't know what the guy's prognosis looks like and who knows like i don't we, you don't seen see a like, lot of disabled guys in wheelchairs over the age of 40 or 50 that look like that though right but they usually right. don't make it too far into life so clock could be ticking you know it's yeah. it sounds a little morbid oh, to say yeah, and sure. it sounds a little morbid to say and you don't you don't want to think that somebody can think rationally and logically about stuff like that but we've been in this space long enough to know that it's not uh uncommon yeah, so we'll just carve it out as an exception to rule until until it's proven otherwise. Until proven otherwise. All right, thanks, buddy. Right on. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking care of the uh, the green room tonight. I uh, got one more super chat here before I go. All I've owned since a teenager are Toyota Priuses. Oh, a moment of silence for our friend here. I feel sad for you. Uh, as far as motorcycles go, what are your suggestions? I am more into cruisers and have thought about the Indian Scout. The fatality rate has daunted on me. The fatality rate isn't high. It is it is not. Like, yes, the chances of you getting hurt on a motorcycle are higher. Like I said, take the rider safety course, have all the proper safety gear, you know, uh, ride in a reasonably safe fashion. Um, look, I rode for years on motorcycles in just shorts and a tank top most of the time and a helmet. That's it. I didn't wear any protective gear except for the helmet because I was that comfortable on the bikes. I mean, it took me like a couple of years to get to that point. But in hindsight, had I had an accident, I would have lost a lot of skin. Like I would have scraped off a lot of skin. Um, it could have even been been worse. But they're fun, man. They're worth it. Trust me, they're worth it. As far as cruisers go, I would say if you're getting into cruisers as a first one, just get something Honda. Just get a Honda V-Twin, something or another. They look like you know Indian Scouts. Nobody can distinguish the difference from a distance. It's not a bike person anyway. And you'll get your uh, you get your feet wet. They'll be cheap to insure. Maintenance will be practically free. Chicks dig those bikes still. You know, cruisers are still fun for you know for women. So go out and indulge and have some fun. Um, okay, guys, thanks for uh, watching tonight's show. 
leave a thumbs up for the algos and a comment below. And we'll see you guys next Monday. Have a